Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. Across my living room from me today is Miss Rachel Horder. Hello. Welcome, How are you? Welcome to my house. Oh my gosh, thank you. It's off, beautiful. Off mic today, we have a co-host as well. We have Miss Phyllis Vance, Vance Refrigeration, my new dog. Vance Refrigeration. Vance Refrigeration. No, she's iconic. Yes, she's I love her. gorgeous. She's and gorgeous. she's just sitting there on the couch right now just watching. Yep, she's just watching. I mean, that's her kingdom over there. You can just tell with her yeah, little blanket. Yeah, I got her a few days ago. I got her. I think I think five days ago now. Oh six my days gosh! Ago. And she uh, she's a dream. I got her from the Nashville Humane Association, who we did a show with last year over at Von Elrod's. Oh, called cool. Yappy Hour. I love that. And I called it Nashville Dog Stop, where everyone brought their dogs and Fine. we dressed them up in costumes for Halloween. And then there were puppies up for adoption. <laughs> That's so cool. And I wish I could have been there. And when my friend was fostering this little pup here, she said she needed a new home. And I was like, please take that Instagram story down. Uh, she's, she's mine. She's mine. So I got her home and she just, she's honestly like getting those heavy eyes right now. She's yeah, trying she's to not fall asleep. asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just shocked because I just come, like I came in here she didn't bark at me. She didn't even get up to like she's, run she's just over. Like, like eh. yeah, she's like, hey, um. like, <laughs> welcome to my house that I haven't even been in for a week. What's up, girl? You know, and I just like, I don't know. I love that. She's just so chill and so sweet. Know, some dogs are really like spazzy and everything. Right. She's only hyper the moment she gets out of her crate in the morning. Oh, really? And that's when she needs to go to the bathroom outside. And then when she comes back inside, she immediately falls back asleep. Oh, what a life. What a life. I know. I've gotten nothing done in the last week. I wouldn't either, Aaron. Yeah. Like, there's no way. (laughs) I would be enjoying this time. Yep. So on mic today, if you do, God forbid, hear a little bit of a jingle, she might be shaking her collar, but (laughs) she looks like she's already falling asleep. It took a whole, like, two minutes of us talking for her to fall asleep. so cute. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I love that she feels safe enough to do that, Yeah, she feels safe at home now. But enough about Phyllis. Let's talk about Rachel. I think I don't remember how we met. Okay, so I do. Okay, you what's texted the story? me about this yesterday, and you're like, "This is what I ask people." I'm like, "Okay," and you know what? I actually listened to the um, episode with Brandon. Oh, did that you, you really? guys did? Yeah, and then I remember you asked him about that, and I was like, "Oh my god, I don't even know how I met him actually." When I was thinking <laughs> about it, but anyway, so I went back like because I was like, "Okay, I'm either gonna go back in like our Instagram messages or our texts. DMs." Like, yeah. So I went back in our texts. Oh my god! And we didn't even meet on a tour stop note really yes so you used to be in a duo I, oh my god yeah uh-huh we played a writer's round together at doghouse oh my god we did yes i think i actually didn't even look at the the date um but it was probably like 2019 there would have been t- either early 2019 because the duo broke up in april of 2019 gotcha. so it might have been either 2018 or 2019 early. yes yes so i was playing on that round with you guys and then someone else I forget who else was there but I was just like (laughs) I was like wow like I totally forgot about that because I haven't played at doghouse in a long time I haven't even thought of going there in ages I know it's it's been a while so I just and then I think 
I think we might have talked afterwards and you told me about you ran Nashville right. Tour Stop and um, which I, I already knew about and everything like that. So and then you hit me up to play it and then so Doghouse. Doghouse. Wow. I think that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that insane? That is crazy because oh. I I mean, I don't even really remember much about playing there. I know. I've only played like a couple rounds there. Um and I Because they some- never tried being like a venue it was it always seemed like it was a sports bar first for sure for sure i did a couple um like full band showcases that my friend aj had put together sometimes too um but yeah it was this was all like pre-covid stuff like it's it's so crazy how different at least for me life has been like pre and post covid oh my god no joke so like even like venues i play like i'm like wow i don't even play there anymore it was all (laughs) stuff like before 2020 and when did you move here I moved here in 2013. Wow. You've been 18. here for 10 years. Yes. Wow. Yes. 10 That's years incredible. in October. I was 18 years old. You right moved out of, right high out of high school. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. I was going to go to college. I was going to go to Purdue University. Boiler up. <laughs> but um, but I didn't. I, I ended up... Because I was just always worried about... like I, I just know me. And like I knew I was going to have a great time in college... Um, I was going to live with like one of my best friends, like to this day, mm-hmm. I was going to live with her and I was excited about that. And, you know, I had, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. Cause like, I always wanted to pursue music, but like coming from, you know, Fort Wayne, Indiana, it's just like, not really like a, it's not, a, it's not a career there. Yeah. It's, it's not really like a, a logical path. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, I kind of want to like a degree to fall back on just in case, but I kind of felt like. You know, if I went to college, I wasn't going to go for music because I right. didn't want to. Um, I was like, you know, I'm never going to have time to practice. So what if I get worse? And then I'm always going to worry about the what ifs later on. And I just didn't College want... will always be an option. That's what everyone <laughs> told me. Like, my parents were so supportive of me moving here. That's cool. Like, so, like they wanted me to go here. <laughs> and like, but I was like, no, I have to do the college route like all of my friends are doing. <laughs> like, I have to, you know, and I'm so glad that I I, I listened to them and did that route. Because um, they told me that. They were like, college will always be there. You can always go back to school. And... You know, and that's what I did. I moved here and then my si- I have three younger sisters and they have all gone or are at Purdue. Wow. And my my second sister um, right after me, I would just go visit her and live like mm-hmm. I'd have the college experience <laughs> for a weekend and then go back to Nashville. Have a proxy weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, didn't, I don't have to study, but I can go to all the bars at my friends and, you I know, mean, act nobody a fool. nobody loves going to 8 a.m. class. The Absolutely fun not. part is the party yeah. on Friday night and you can go get enough of that with your sisters. Exactly. Yes. Cause I was never a school. Like I was never good at school. Like, I was not either. No, I had to work really hard. To I had get, to work like, so hard to get C's. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, so until I got into college where I could take music classes, I didn't mm-hmm. do well. Like in high school, I was a very C and if I got a B minus, I felt good. Like woo. Yeah. yeah. But like my senior year of high school, when I finally was able to take like almost all music classes, I was like, I'm good at something. Oh my God. I'm gosh. good at something. Yeah. Choir class was always my favorite. I got an A in reason. choir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I, I did like A's, B's, mostly B's, but I, my, we had like a senior privilege. Um, okay. So uh, second semester of senior year, if you had an A minus or above in the class, you did not have to take the final. So it was an awesome incentive That's to do awesome. well. Yeah. So I ended up having to take 
well, one final, I, I was supposed to take two, um, cause I did AP psychology, which I did pretty horribly in, <laughs> but the AP classes, <laughs> I'm glad that you didn't sugarcoat it. You're just like, it was bad. No, I was terrible. Um, <laughs> the, the AP, uh, classes, you didn't have to take a final in cause you had to do the final mm-hmm. exams. So that was cool. Um, but I, I did have to take a final in pre-calculus and Ugh. yeah, I was, I got I a B in college algebra and I was like, the fact that I got a B in a in math college class algebra? is remarkable. Yeah. Oh, that's like an accomplishment, darling. Yeah. I like, felt I good. Would, yeah, I, I felt very good happy. that year. And yes. I remember when the final came up, it was just like, I don't care. That's how I was too. Yeah. I, I literally didn't even, cause it was first period too. So I took mine. It was first period. Yeah. Also, I took the final first and then I was literally done with school. I didn't even like, I loved my teacher though. Shout mm-hmm. out Miss Steerheimer. She was the <laughs> shit, but, um, I, I literally didn't even study for it cause I had senioritis oh, me neither. so Absolutely bad. Not. <laughs> like I literally, I took the final, I think I passed the class. No joke with a D first time in my life mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was like you know what I'm graduating I like I'm bad at math I'm never going to major when in I was anything in math, college so. so I went to University of Missouri very begrudgingly but okay. <laughs> it's because I was I was so bad at school and I yeah. always knew music was the move like even yeah, from when good. I was in high school like I decided I was going to be in, in music my senior year and I was like I'm not even going to try to be like a music teacher I was like I'm going to go be a musician somewhere good so i had decided that really early on but my family was like go to college get the yeah. fallback so i did that and i transferred three times and changed my degree four times because i hated everything i did that's what happens and yeah. i remember taking this french it was like french 1000 like freshman french my senior year of college and i got a d minus i got a 60.1 percent <laughs> And there is no way that I actually got a 60% because Uh I remember I went to every like office hours thing trying to get my grade up with the teacher and uh, she came up to me after the final. She goes, did you study for this at all? And I was like, like a lot, like a lot. And she goes, dude, you're terrible at this. I was like, I was like, I know I'm I'm an adult too. I can read. I know math. I know 60% is one above failing. Yeah. And she's like, do you need this class to graduate? And I said, yes. She goes, you're good. She pitied me. She pity passed me. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as I graduated, I was like, I'm absolutely not doing any more school and six months later I moved to Nashville. It's just like, that was the only, that was the only plan was just getting somewhere with music. Totally. So was there ever a different city you thought about moving to, or was it always Nashville? It was always Nashville because, um, honestly it was closest to my family. I think that was, um, like six, seven hour drive home. Yeah. Six. That's not bad at all. Not at all. It's just boring, you know, very flat, flat, like you pass Louisville and it's like civilization and then you're done for another four (laughs) hours. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so it was, I'm, I'm very close with my family That's nice. and you know, being that young, I could like, if I had to move to like New York or LA now, like easily I could do it like totally fine. But when I was that young, like going that far away was safety net really scary. Yeah, for sure. So just being that close was really nice. Um, and back then I was doing country, you know, I'm, I'm not country anymore, right. but like, so it was kind of no brainer. Were I mean, you doing it was like right traditional pop country kind of stuff? Yes. Yeah. Cause I, I can't mean, even, I can't even pretend to hear you singing like pop country stuff. Isn't now. that funny? It's so funny because I've only ever known you as like 
the R&B, like bluesy kind of. No, I love that. Oh, whatever. I don't even, what do you call yourself? Yeah. I mean, like I, I call it like pop R&B. Pop R&B. Yeah. I can't, I can't even pretend like singing about a truck. No, (laughs) no, I, I, no, that's never been my vibe. I've always like, unfortunately just been naturally like bougie. I'm like, I can't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I want to sing the about disco like, stuff. Like, yeah, the, the disco, disco ball, stuff or like, like you, yeah, you got a little designer bit of clothing or something. And you're always so stylish. I mean, even today with oh, the uh, pink, your nails match your suit. Oh, you're, they do. I know. You, I, I love the neutral beige thing yeah, right now. You are very matching right now. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I try my best. Amazon's best, you know. Yeah, you. I never see you perform when you're not like <laughs> d- done up to perform. <laughs> No, like, I, I kind of go all out sometimes. Some people really will just come to their writer's rounds in sweatpants. And hey, like, if it's your brand, do it. Yeah, but I'm like, I try to think of it as like you're applying for a job. I know. And it's hard to get promoted, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And exactly. Like, if some people, man, if I came to a writer's round to dress in gym shorts and an old ratty t-shirt. Like, totally. I'd be like, oh, okay. Oh, um, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so when did you make the transition from country music into this pop R&B stuff? I want to say it was probably... Like, More importantly, why did you decide to make that change? You know, I so I when I moved here, most of my life, I grew up listening to country music. Mm-hmm. I went to a birthday party in like seventh grade. And everyone was dancing to like these top 40 hits like Yeah by Usher. Oh, yeah. You know, it was like that era. And I knew none of the songs Mm -hmm. because I was just raised on country like my whole life. Here and there when I was like five years old, like I love Britney Spears and, you know, NSYNC and stuff. But like that's like the extent of my pop, you know. So I just um, I was like, man, I got to do some like research. So I started like listening to the top 40 stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it was um, like AOL. They used to have oh like music God. or something. Yeah, like I would did. go on AOL music and listen to that. I had <laughs> AOL music. Yeah. So I discovered um, like one of my first songs that I loved was The Sweet Escape by Gwen Stefani. Oh, what a Iconic. fantastic song. Iconic, yes. <laughs> and then I heard Buy You a Drink by T-Pain. Oh, and that changed that you. That changed me. Like he's still like one of my favorite artists to this day. And I was like... I I love this music. Like I'm, you know, and I, I honestly, like I credit like Shania Twain's the reason I started singing. Mm-hmm. Carrie Underwood taught me. Right. You know, like I always say that. As so I you've got, up, you've got that country foundation. Exactly. So I had the foundation. I, I always just, you know, I wanted to play CMA Fest. I wanted a CMA award. Like that was always a dream, you know? And, um, senior year I started, uh, you know, thinking more seriously about pursuing this as a right. career, in addition to college, I was going to do both. Um, but, and I, you know, discovered like some of the pop girls, like Christina Aguilera, Whitney Houston mm-hmm. is like, you know, major for me queen. too. Yeah. Queen. Like no one will ever top her ever. ever. And, um, you know, so I think that's when I started kind of expanding on like melodic abilities. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've always noticed about your music is how, uh, mm-hmm. like the, your melodies are so signature. Thank you. They're so they're so original. Some people, myself included, are not good at writing melodies to their well, songs. Well, I'm not a lyric person. Right. You know, like because you don't you don't play guitar don't, yourself, do you? I don't. No. And I I, um, you know, I have to credit to a lot of the songwriters I I write with have 
awesome melodies, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that help with that. Like Seth Cook, like he's produced a lot of my stuff and Mm -hmm. he's like, like so bomb with melodies and (laughs) harmonies. So he's like just collaborating with him on that kind of stuff has been really fun. Um, but yeah, so I just, you know, I, I got here doing the country thing, like 100% and it, it ended up like as I, I didn't even write also when I got here, like that came later, but really I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but once I started writing like a few years down the road, I was discovering like I was writing a lot of pop melodies, but trying to be country because that's what I mm. wanted to do. And and then, you know, Maren Morris came up and I was like, she does like the country pop R&B thing perfectly. Mm. Like she executes that so well. So I'm like, I'm I just that's what I want to, you know, stick to because I'm like, it can be done. Like, look at Maren. It can be done. She's, so like, she's a really good example of an excellent crossover artist. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, if you listen to the middle, that's that's 100 percent not a country song. Yeah, no, but no, no, no. But if I mean, my church is absolutely a country song mm-hmm. and it's proof that you can do both. You can absolutely you can, you can have both. And it's just, it's, it's just starting, especially in the streaming world, it's starting to just, it's all starting to just collide. Like no matter what, you know, did you go to the Marin Morris concert at Bridgestone last December? I didn't know. Oh my but God. I it, it was, was incredible. So perfection. Like I, yeah, I'm so jealous. It was awesome. I got a free ticket. She's insane. Oh, did you really? I got a free ticket. And Let's go. It was incredible. And about halfway through the show, she was saying some of her thank yous and she gave a shout out to Belcourt Taps. <gasps> and I could, I just heard some other people go, hey, I, that's our place. Oh my God. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. I literally, I was just like, oh, it's true. All the rumors are true. All the rumors are true. Yeah. I just, I saw her. Oh my God. I was actually just telling um one of the really sweet servers at supper club last night i was talking to her about Marin morris i so i saw her at cma fest on like a tiny stage outside of nissan stadium i think it was still lp field at the time what this would have been a long time ago then it was probably i think it was 2016 maybe? okay and she was on like a tiny stage no 2015 tiny stage um, outside of the football stadium for BMI. Wow. So she, that was only a couple years after she moved here. She moved here yes. in 2013. Uh, yeah, exactly. And she, um, you know, she was playing like acoustic trio. And the only like big thing she was like, oh, this next song I got cut on, uh, Kelly Clarkson cut it on her um, most recent album. And wow. we were like, oh, how cool. There's probably like 100 people there. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Good for her. And then she plays this song called My Church. And I was like, this song like this rocks. <laughs> I, this song is amazing. So um, it was, and then it was like November time. I was listening to Spotify and, and I was listening to like a country playlist and I hear My Church by Maren Morris. And I was like, oh my hey. God, that's that song. You're like, I remember. Yeah. So I, I played the shit out of it, like on repeat. And, and then like the, like literally a year later, it was the following June, 2016, I went to go see um, Keith Urban at my local um, arena in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and she opened for him. Wow! And as I was walking in, as she was starting, and there were—I mean, thousands of people in this arena, and she's singing "My Church," and I was teary-eyed because I was like, "That's wild!" Because I went from seeing her on this tiny 
stage to like a hundred people, people. like acoustic trio. We were sitting on the grass and now she's at this huge amphitheater opening for Keith Urban. You know, it's incredible how fast that can happen. I know. And it's so real. It's so real. Like once I, cause once I was taking trips to Nashville Mm -hmm. as a 17 year old, I was like, this can actually like happen. Like this is real life. This is, and that's why I've said it before on the podcast, but that's why we move here because this is where it happens. Exactly. I mean, unfortunately it doesn't happen that way in Indianapolis or in Columbia, Missouri. I wish it did, but it doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't. And it can happen in LA and maybe Mm -hmm. Chicago and New York, but it just doesn't happen in little town USA. Right. We have to be in these places. It's just a proximity thing. It's so true. Yeah, just the people you're around, but Are yeah, you familiar man. with a duo called Smithfield? Yes. So I had them on the podcast last year and learned mm-hmm. uh it's that proximity thing because they were playing at the old listening room cafe. I think they said it was a couple of days before Thanksgiving years ago. And they they were like, nobody came. Literally nobody came. Whoa. They said there was like six people there. There were almost what? more people on stage than there were there to watch. But they were talking about how important it is to just still care. Like put on a good show for those six people. They showed up, put on a good show for those six people. And it turns out one of them was in charge of booking the Grand Old Opry. <gasps> and they got to play the Opry because of that. Wow. So it's, it's proof that like that wouldn't happen. You can't play to six people in... Nowhere, Missouri, like where I came from, and expect the person who books the Grand Old Opry just to be there. Exactly. But it can happen here. And it obviously it does all the time. All the time. And it, and that's the thing, too. Like, I love Nashville, too, because like so many of even like the big like execs and, you know, agents and stuff. There's just such they're so normal. Like they're, they're normal. They're normal, really kind, nice people who just like are out to dinner with their husbands or wives and kids and they just they're going out for a night just like we do exactly except their job is to find who they want to work with Uh uh-huh and play like major stages yeah it's like who's gonna play at the ryman next week or next year like that person exactly and they have the power and they have the power they can do it it's when i was driving for lyft back in 2019 i think it was Mm -hmm. it was around the time i started doing nashville tour stop full-time but i was driving lyft to supplement my income a little bit Mm -hmm. i got a pickup from the ryman and it was just four o'clock five o'clock in the afternoon and i picked up this guy and i asked him what he did and he said he was the talent buyer for (laughs) for the ryman like he was the guy wow and he's like what do you do it's like i'm a musician Yeah, like, and oh, I remember man. he gave me his card, and he's like, "If you can never sell three thousand tickets, give me a call." And I was like, "Period." I will. Will do. And I, still, I will. I still have his information. And Good. And you. <laughs> one will of these call days, if the... I can sell that yeah. many tickets, I will reach out. One hundred percent. One hundred percent, and it's gonna happen. But it's crazy. Like, again, to say it just happens here. Mm-hmm. Those people are. They're just here. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I love it here. Oh my God, me too. And it's just a great energy. I mean, it, it kind of breaks my heart because there's millions of people here, or maybe hundreds of thousands of like musicians just here trying yeah. to find that one person. They're trying to get that lucky one interaction. I know. And yeah. that's why I tell people it's important just to go out and do stuff. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get seen on your couch. No, no. It's just, it's uh, and it doesn't matter what kind of show it is. If you're doing it doesn't. 
it's it's it could be a cover gig, it could be a writer's round, it could be a showcase. It it does not matter. They might just be there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a band that has played tour stop several times called Trip. They're triplet brothers. Oh my god. T R I P P P. Cool. But they they rock. They're like this country alt country rock country whatever you want to call them from arkansas but they live here in town now and they played tour stop showcases several times and on a recommendation i told a talent buyer for uh, i think it was tin roof that they needed to come watch this band and because of that showcase they got a 32 city tour it's like it just it just happens yes and that's why it's so important like you may not get paid for this gig there may not be a bunch of people there but it, it doesn't matter if there's a thousand oh, that doesn't people matter there. at all it matters if that one person is there yeah and that's another thing too it's just like i've um i kind of made a rule for myself last year and i followed it pretty well and mm-hmm. it's like if i am like losing money on original gigs like i've i've lost money you know playing out of town because i pay out of pocket for Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff it is so worth it you're playing your music and you're getting it out to people and it doesn't matter if you're like to me right now it doesn't matter if i'm like making a bunch of money from it it's like i'm i'm getting my music like breaking even on a gig sometimes is enough Oh, that even too. Yes. Like that's, that's just like, as long as like, it's my original music and like, you know, it's one thing for people to listen to it, but for me to physically be standing in front of them in another city and singing it and playing it for them, that's like everything to me. So that's, you know, I'll pay money all, all, all day long. What's the, what's the fire under your butt that makes you that, what's that compulsion that makes you want to play? I think I just want to... I mean, this may be narcissistic to say, but I just, I'm really proud of the music I make. Mm-hmm. You should be. <laughs> Thank you. But I am. And I, I love just getting it in front of people. And what's really cool about my day job is I meet a lot of people from all over the place. And when I play in a city that's their city or close to it, they hit me up and they're like, I'm coming. Cause they, then, then that's they, cool. you know, I meet them at this cover, cover gig show they follow me. They listen to my music. They end up liking my music. They come to my shows where I'm playing the original music. That's it goes that's so the, what you know, counts. It's yeah. It's just like a connection, and that's why I just love getting it in front of people because it's like it's like when you go see like one of your favorite artists perform. You know, like you want to hear that stuff you've been listening mm-hmm. to on the records repeatedly live. It makes you excited to hear that, even if it's one song that you know from yeah. their Spotify. You're like. That's the one. Yeah. I've listened to that one a thousand times. Yes. And so. for that three and a half minutes or whatever, mm-hmm. you get to vibe. And you're just, mm, exactly. This is the moment. Exactly. <laughs> just being able to make people feel good is. It's cool. It's so cool. Like it's I remember great. that feeling when I was in high school because I played a, in a little like alt rock band and mm-hmm. um, we, I mean, we were 17. We didn't have any money to like do an album yeah and our friends would come to our shows and they knew the words to our songs because they just came to the shows that's and it's cool seeing that like your your people resonate with it oh yeah it's that visceral thing and we're chasing that that thing where we get to watch them watch us yeah and that's cool it's so cool knowing they're into the moment yes and it's like it's 
it makes you feel like, oh, this, you know, music I'm writing and creating and like it's it's good. It's it's good. <laughs> like I love that people enjoy that, you know? It's just like, oh, it means like everything. Well, let's it. take a quick break. We're, I got more I want to talk about, but yeah. let's take a commercial break and we'll come right back with the Nashville Tour Stop podcast. <laughs> With the Nashville Tour Stop podcast, Rachel Horder and Phyllis, the dog, sitting across from me today. Oh, I love her so much. I know. She's just so been sleeping cute. the whole time. Yeah, she's vibing out. I call her so many different things. I call her Phyllis. Uh-huh. I call her Lil Phil. Lil Phil. Uh, dog Phil. Oh. <laughs> oh. Dog Phil. Oh, I see. Okay. Dog, that took me a long time. Tur. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dog turf. Dog I'm like, is that, What does that mean? Um, Philosaurus, oh uh, sausage, uh, noodle dog, <laughs> and she's uh, quite long. And little baby. Little baby. <laughs> I think I like little Phil the best. Yeah, that's cute. Philosaurus Rex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk oh, about this day job. You yeah. uh, you play as far as I know. You only are a musician you don't have a regular correct regular nine to five you're a a cover musician for a you're a working musician yes i'm very lucky what are what are some of the venues you play at right now so i play at the supper club okay um at 12 30 club on the weekends and then i do old red on tuesdays so the uh the the thing that breaks my heart is that you're playing at old red when i've always had my shows at tin roof Aaron, and I always walk by and I'm like, literally, yes, like, you're my friends on stage. And they're like, because like, I always have my backpack and the security mm-hmm. guards like, you can't bring that in. And I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say hi to my friend. Yeah. It's like, I know her. I know, her. I know I him. Know. I know him. I know him. <laughs> I remember because I think you've asked me once or twice to plan around it all red. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's always when I'm playing. You're like, I can't it do doesn't it. ever change. Remember. Yeah. It's like, it's. Every Tuesday, pretty much. So what's it like being a, a working musician on Broadway? It's amazing. I've never done it. It's amazing. I, um, I highly recommend if, uh, if people are thinking about doing it. But I, um, you know, I, before I went full time, I, you know, did um, a couple jobs here and there. But before I did the, the full time Broadway thing, I did, um, I worked at a brunch spot here in town and I loved it. I loved my coworkers. Oh my God. They were amazing. They came to, like all of them came to my, um, EP release show when I put my first EP out, they were all so supportive. Um, but it was, you know, it was a really tough job sometimes cause it was very early mornings and, you know, eight hours at a very busy touristy kind of place. And I would work like almost 40 hours at some points, wow. like like in the summertime, just because it was real busy. And even then it was um, I, or I would work, you know, 30, 35. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, after 40 hours of doing a regular day job, it really spins your mental faculties. You don't really want to do anything else. That's the thing, too. It's just I, you know, I, I was not writing back then and I would you know, work 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. I'd go home and take a nap, wake up and go do a writer's round. And I would and I, I would have no time or um, 
energy to, to write. Right. And sometimes I would, um, you know, play closing shifts on Broadway Mm -hmm. until two in the morning and then work at 6am. I've, I've done a similar thing before. It's rough. It was really brutal. And now granted I was like early twenties. I had the energy. I mean, I was partying a lot back then anyway. So I was like, whatever. But like the, the fact that, that, that it, it exists for all of us, it's, really really cool and it's not for everybody like and that's totally fine but a lot of people are like I posted something I don't even know if you saw it, but I, <laughs> I posted something on my Instagram story because I came across a TikTok about um a musician in town like talking a lot of smack on Broadway and I, think I know what you're talking about yeah and it was just kind of like it, it rubbed me such it's so the wrong way because he was like yeah like you know, those people get caught up doing the cover band thing and then they have no energy to write. And I'm like, that's literally the opposite of my life. <laughs> You're like, like, just because you have, no you have that experience about. does not mean that that's my experience. Right. It's just like, and I just like, I went on his page cause, and he like talks about what he does for a day job. And it's quite obviously it looks like an eight hour, you know, kind of deal. And yeah. I was just like, and I was like, and you have energy to write? Because like I didn't. I mean, good on you if you do, but I certainly did not when I was. I have to doing resist that. the urge so hard to talk oh. smack back. I know. On, oh, I know. To comment back. I don't normally do that, but I was like really fed up at that. And I've, I've had so many conversations about friends who I work who who play on Broadway about this, and it's just like, it's just it to me. I'm just it's such a blessing to me because. I'm able to, you know, play music for a living and it's, it's not grueling to me. Not like I, I have figured out what works for me and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, I was working, you know, the late closing shifts. I was playing five, six times a week, drinking a lot. How many days a week are you playing at the supper club right now? Uh, so I play two with my band, which is incredible that, because that's not, that's not too much time to. No. Just destroy your personal life. No, for sure. And, and like, like your vocal, oh vocal my God. cords, like you have, have to be very careful there. I feel bad for there. some of the, our friends who go and do triples <gasps> and no. sing I could never. 12 hours a day. Yeah, I could never do that. And at the end of it, they sound kind I of know. like this. I know. Like I just, I used to do doubles back in the day and, um, it sounds brutal. I just can't, I can't do it. And I'm, I'm, I don't really drink much anymore because I have found alcohol is really tough on it's my really voice. really hard on your voice. Really hard. And, and I'm okay giving that up because it makes me feel like crap anyway. Like as mm-hmm. I'm, you know, in my later twenties, I'm just like, <laughs> like hangovers are just not the vibe anymore. Oh my like, God. Hangovers <laughs> as I'm almost 30. Hangovers yeah. are brutal. I can't do it. Like I just like, I'm like, I was hungover for two anymore. days after new year's this year. Like oh no, that's it's, terrible. It's not the same. No. I remember the when I was twenty one, I could drink a whole bottle of gin <laughs> and go for a run the next morning. Right. And if I have two glasses of red wine, I'm like, I think I'm gonna die. Yeah. Like back in those days, I was like, oh, I could like I could party three nights in a row and just nope. get trashed each night, and I'll be fine come Monday. And I'm Mm-mm. like, I have one night where I have like four cocktails and I'm like my life is over my life is over the next day I'm like <laughs> I want to die and it's just like crazy but yeah so, so it's what just are like, what are some of the pitfalls of being a Broadway performer like especially mm-hmm. since you know what it's like to have done those doubles before yeah what what are some of the hardest parts of being a Broadway performer I think um just as a singer I think it's um it's sometimes scary 
you know, worrying about your vocal health. Um, I don't do that as much anymore because I, um, again, I've worked with my, my bosses and they've been just so wonderful and understanding because I had to step back a little bit this year. I, I went kind of hard last year. What kind of things do you do to protect it? To protect your voice? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I my biggest thing is just not drinking. Mm-hmm. Like I still do like, you know, I'll, I'll still have a bloody at, at brunch or a glass of wine at dinner, but like, I don't really drink much on gigs anymore. Um, you're not taking shots of whiskey during your set. No, no, unfortunately so I've actually that heard that reflux. helps, <laughs> but oh. <laughs> yeah, but I just, I can't know. I don't, I don't do that. Um, uh, I, I, Try to drink more water. I'm pretty bad at drinking water. We it's, say is we both have glasses of water in front of us that we've so barely full. touched. It's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, one thing I have also found that helps both the venues I play at are on in-ear systems. And I like I crank myself like I'm very loud. So you don't have to over sing. Exactly. And it's it's because it's very easy to over sing when you can't hear yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I crank myself and That's I awesome. a lot of times... I mean, everything else is very down, like, especially like at old red, since the drums are right behind me and they're very loud. I have no drums in my ears at all. You know, wow. you, no, can, and I mean, no bass. you don't need them. Yeah. No. Cause I just, I just hear, I go off of the room from like, my I ears. I just need the guitar. I literally just need the guitar. That's it. And, um, everyone else can hear everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, um, yeah, and I just so I just crank myself. I crank the reverb up because that helps a lot too. Just That's like cool. the echo make, helps with my pitch and just That's making awesome. sure I don't, you know, over sing and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I think the biggest pit for me would just be like worrying about my vocal health because I I had issues in the past. And what's I just it like trying to it. be not just a, a good singer and a focused and in tune singer, but also trying to entertain at the same time? That's, that, another, that's a big part of it for, Oh yeah. Like, and that's another thing for Broadway. Um, I love because it kind of, it forces you to entertain mm-hmm. and it's not even like, it's not, I don't say that dauntingly. It's just like when you get on a stage in front of people as a musician, you just naturally want to entertain you, or just like put on a show mm-hmm. and it's a show. Like that's, it's the word. It's a, show. it's a show. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's, um, it's actually gotten a lot easier for me over the the years. And that's actually, I feel like my strongest, um, link in my career. It used to be my weakest. Wow. And because of downtown, I've gotten a lot better at performing in front of crowds and know how to talk to a crowd. Or at least I think I do, but, um, working a crowd is so important. Oh, it is. Absolutely. It is. And it's just, you know, and it's so easy to lose an audience too. Yes. Yes. And I, I take it very seriously too, because you know, these people, a lot of them are from out of town Mm -hmm. and a lot of them save up money. They get babysitters. They have to get Airbnbs, flights or gas. And this may be the one vacation they take out of the year and they choose to come to Nashville over anything else. They could go to the beach. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they come to Nashville and they want to hear live music and they want to experience that. And I want to make sure they have a good time. So you know, if I get a, a request to sing a happy birthday to someone, I want to make it special for them. Because they're gonna or, they're gonna go home and tell it. Yeah, the girl on stage sing happy uh, birthday to <laughs> me. Yeah, or just like in in song requests too. That's cool. I'll never forget like um one time somebody told me because I used to not really do song requests because they scared me because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like oh like I don't know this perfectly like but I'll never forget someone um told me like Rachel they just want to hear you try. 
They just want to hear you try it. And it's so true. Like, cause I'll, I'll do requests where I'm like, I have no idea what this bridge is. Let's skip it. <laughs> I'm like us and Luke just just play a solo here, and then we'll just do the last chorus because I don't know what the bridge is. They, they want to hear about thirty seconds of the song. That's they all like. they want. That's all they want. And like, and they they are just happy to hear the song. Period. So I just want to like make that an exciting experience for them, and um, and it's really you know fulfilling on my end when I when I see them have fun with you know, the people they're there with and, and just having a really good time. Cause nobody's go- going to Broadway to have a bad day. No, they are they there to drink have fun and party. And yes, they want to hear songs they love and, you know, hear a band play that. And it's I've really seen it, a kind of an unfortunate trend happening lately where I've seen people posting on their Instagram stories that, uh, guests of some of these bars are requesting their money back <gasps> because they don't get their their requests played. Oh, and I see. I'd love to know your take on that because I think if you put that money in the jar, <laughs> it's gone. Um, I agree. Um, yeah, that I agree with that. I, I've never had someone request that money back to me before. Uh, I've had someone accidentally pay me. Like there was a woman who Venmo tipped me when she was in town and like a week later she was paying a friend for some shirts and she paid me by mistake. So I sent it back. Right. But I, I will be honest. Sometimes, um, I'll, I'll get to the end of the night and I'll tell people we only have two more songs in the requests and then we have to cut it off and people don't, here because I want to get through all the requests mm-hmm. and people don't hear me say that. So they'll send more requests. So like, say I have two more songs left. Somebody sends me 20 bucks for before he cheats, but I have to be done at midnight. You know, I'll Venmo them the next day, the 20 bucks and say, Hey, I'm so sorry. We didn't get to do before he cheats, right. you know, give it to me next time when you're here. I got you so that I do that. Um, to be honest, I don't really understand not playing the requests though. Right. Like, I will be honest with you. I have purposely not done a request. Is because it's a bad request? No, it's because they give me like, well, if it's a song I don't know and they give me $1, I'm just kind of like. <laughs> Can you play Master of Puppets? Here's $1. Right. You're that's like, when I'm like. Nah. That's when I'm like, um, you know what I mean? Um, if they give me like $1 for a song I know well, I will do it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like that that kind of thing. I'm just like, <laughs> yo. It's like two bucks. <laughs> Uh, and sometimes people don't know how to read the room either. Cause I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, Hey, like I'm, I'm singing like a bunch of girl songs. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't really know this like bro country song. Like, I'm so sorry. Sorry. I can't sing. She's country. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song though, but I'm like, Hey, like you don't want to hear me sing that. Like no, you do I just not. sing a Alicia Keys song. Like you don't want me to hear me sing. She's country. I promise it. It will make your beer taste bad. Like, I would don't. love to hear you do weird bro country covers. <laughs> I've done it before. I, I think I do, it'd like, be hilarious. A, a video sometimes. series. Rachel Horder covers bro country. Yeah. And it's you singing like <laughs> wait that would actually be a really funny really tiktok funny. idea you sing, oh my god you I'm sing bro that. country stuff yes <laughs> what if you did like a bro country song like it could be like i'm tr- like oh um my boyfriend loves rain is a good thing <laughs> or he, good he, you know he he calls that song out like what if i did that like r&b version and just like started riffing everywhere i would love to hear an r&b version like... of beer never broke my heart <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, I actually love that song. We play that in it's San a great Diego. Song. It's such a blast. I love it. Luke Combs yeah. is one of those artists that's kind of helping bridge the gap between my hatred of country and yeah. like good country music. 
because yeah. I, when, when I was younger, like we're, we're the same age and I was thinking that I think we're the same age. Maybe I'm, a, I'm, I turned 30 this year. Oh, I'm, I'm, I just turned 28. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a little bit older than you, but I remember being in high school and these people, everyone in Missouri is like Jason Aldean and Luke Bryan and Keith Urban and all of these like very mm. stadium country people. Mm-hmm. And I never knew about the, the Chris Stapletons and the Jason Isbells. I never had any idea about these other people. So yes. I was under the impression all country music was FGL. Oh my God. And no way. When, when I started getting into Nashville and realizing, oh my God, there's a great big world of actually good country music out there. Uh, there's, uh, there's so many, di- there, it's something different for everyone. Cause I, I love FGL. There's some like, oh, there's, there's a song. I, um, you know, their song dirt. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Like I love that chorus. And it was playing the other day and that's in a probably restaurant, a Broadway like, standard, isn't it? Cool. <laughs> like I love it. Cause I, I, I have my fair share of like, like the bro country rock stuff. And then like the more chill, like, mm-hmm. Chris Stapleton kind of vibes like it's just like there's something for everybody in country and I love that that's one of the cool things about Nashville is how diverse the music scene is here yeah like people expect to hear country but Mm -hmm. there's I mean you're an R&B artist here like there's so much here and that's the thing too like it's supper club if like you know you're not expected to play country covers there are you not no no and um, what kind of stuff are you doing there? So I do like, I do a lot of like pop and R and B stuff. And I even like to like, you know, throw it back to, to like 2000 stuff. Like I'll do like killing me softly. Mm. I'll do like, put your records on. You remember that song? Mm-hmm. Like, like that kind of stuff or like unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. Oh, yes. you know, I'll do that. I'll do like Michael Jackson. I'll do some Whitney. I'll do, but I'll even do some country too. I play like, um, Save a horse, ride a cowboy. I do. That's what I open with at Supper Club. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I would love to. Oh, you got me. <laughs> I, I had somebody request ACDC one time at Supper Club, and I was like, all right. We're going to try like, it. Let's do it. But um, but yeah, for the most part, I do a lot of the more chill type stuff. And it's more of I a, love it. It's yeah. not as much of a let's get drunk and party it's vibe. Not, no. There's still like dancing and stuff that happens, but it's like it's not... It's a really chill, like loungy kind of space, and it's like very that's nice. that's my vibe, man. That's like, much more you. Yes, that's because I love doing that, and anytime I do like private events, I love doing like I love like doing like the background noise, cocktail hour sort of vibe stuff. Like it's really fun for me, and just easy to, listening. Yeah, and like my the musicians I play with are just so wonderful, and I mean they make me sound good, man. And just Austin like, Skinner's in your band, right? He is. He is. I, mean, I love he him. Is, remarkable guitar player he is and like one of my favorite voices i love hearing him sing and he's just um yeah just you know they get to to jam out and and how long have you played with this little core group oh gosh because i feel like you you have a pretty set set of people i do yeah but it's um it's changed so much over the years um let's see so my my two guitar players luke and austin I started playing with Austin, I think like September 2020. Okay. Luke joined. What does Luke play in your band? He plays guitar and bass. Okay. And I I think our first gig was New Year's Day 2021. Okay. At Whiskey Row. Um, Kevin McClellan on bass. 
he, I just started playing with him regularly last year because Brogan Dutcher was with me before that. Okay. And he uh, moved to Los Angeles last wow. April. Yeah. So I started playing with, oh no, I'm sorry. It was Brogan. And then it was near Horowitz. He was on base after Brogan and near actually. So he's from Israel and he recently moved back to Israel to work on, um, an album with some buddies who got Very signed cool. over there. So he's, yeah. So he was like, um, my guy. And then, and then it was Kevin and they're all just, Oh my God. So great. And then, uh, Connor, my drummer, he's been with me probably regularly like a year and a half now. But okay. like before that he was like, he subbed a lot with me and stuff like that. And so, what's the process yeah. of you trying to find a band look like, are you just getting recommendations or do you see somebody play? Or is yeah. it everything? To be honest, I get a lot of recommendations from the boys. Okay. Um, it's all, like, I also like see people play or I've played with them in like other bands that right. I'm saying like BGVs in or, you know, the corporate band and stuff. But, um, they, a lot of it's from recommendations with them because they're all so phenomenal player, like such phenomenal players and they know phenomenal guys. And I want it to be someone that they're comfortable with right. too. You know what I mean? Throwing like, in a random person can make, can throw, it can make it like a dysfunctional group. For sure. Yeah. But like for the most part, it's like I, a lot of times if one of them's out, they'll either, either get it, get it covered for themselves or they'll just send me some guys and be like, Hey, these guys are all great. And I tr like literally don't even do research. I trust cool. them. I don't care. Like I just, I hit them up and I'm like, Hey, I'm a friend of my, or you're a friend of my guitar player, bass player, drummer. And he recommended you to me. Can, are you available for this? That's cool. Yeah. So it's, it's really nice. How has the it. Broadway scene and your performance, your performing on Broadway for so long affected your own music? You know, honestly, I, f I feel like it's made my voice better. Okay. Cause I've learned a lot of like dynamics about my voice and, and especially how, like working a microphone. That's like an art in and of itself as a singer. Um, now it's very different when you're in the studio. That's a whole different ball game working a microphone there. Working under the microscope's difficult. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, um, but it's like, I feel like it's made me a better singer. It's also made me more motivated, um, to release music. Cause like I said earlier, I, with my job, like I have the abil availability to, or the ability, God, what are words to play in front of people from all over the place without, you know, leaving right, my everywhere. bed. Like I literally can play in front of people from everywhere and everywhere go sleep in my own bed. Music's <laughs> like such a universal language for that. It is. And a lot of people I've met through Broadway have become fans of my original music. That's awesome. Over time. Exactly. That's why like, that's another thing why I'm like, I don't understand why people like talk shit on Broadway. Cause I'm like, bro, like you get in front of so many, you people. can make real life fans doing this. Exactly. And you don't have to go anywhere. Now I love traveling mm. for music, of course, but I'm like, you literally can do it in your own backyard and like you work four hours and then go home. It's like, <laughs> it's amazing. Like we have a pretty crazy, awesome life here. Don't we? I, I know. think about it all my the God. times. Like I get my job booking music and hanging out at the venues with my friends. I'm getting paid to mm -hmm. do what tourists do for vacation. I know. It's, yes. It's crazy. And we get, you get paid to be in a band. Yeah. It's crazy crazy it's the best and out of oh. out of this town like that sound it sounds fake 
I know. It sounds fake. That's why I'm, I'm just so thankful for like all these venues in town because they, they give that opportunity to us. And it's, and it's also like a working relationship, you know, like Mm -hmm. we provide music for them and they provide the venue for us. It's like, it's so amazing. And like, I don't know about you. I've always been curious to ask you this because I was just talking with a couple friends when I was playing the round the other night, the local, like, I was like, I don't know how Aaron is like, cause you, what do you have tour stop like four nights a week? Right now it's between two and four nights. Yeah. Okay. So, and then you book. I mean, 16 to 20 people a night, a night. And I'm just like, I don't know about like, I personally love like sitting at my computer. Cause like I have my day job where I'm playing downtown, mm-hmm. but my, my, my career job, like I sit at my computer until I go to work and send emails and I coordinate my bands and send set lists. I personally really love doing that and booking everyone. The admin to be- stuff is so fun. Right. Like <laughs> I always wondered if you like I'm you do a lot more than me in that way. Like that's I always wondered if that I'm sure it's stressful at times for you, but I I I I enjoy it a lot. I I mean I've I've always been such a nerd for spreadsheets. Oh my god, yes. I <laughs> I geek out over color coding oh, so much. I always wondered how you like how you have that like down and everything. It's, like I bet you have it really the, the organized. National Tour Stop calendar. Uh, there's only me and one of my promoters named RJ who works for me. He is the only other person who really understands the calendar mm-hmm. because there's just so much data in it. Yeah. Like you're color coded. Every time I book Rachel Horder, your name <gasps> pops up in it's like dark red because oh! it means you have an accompanying guitar player. So oh my God, I cool. keep stats on the performers so that I know who's bringing what and how much we need. So like if we need to have five stools on stage... I know that, and we can have that fifth stool prepared. Yeah. And it, then, or if we have a band playing, I'll send all of the specs to our sound people ahead of time so they can have the stage ready. Oh my it's gosh! Little things yes. like that that I just love formatting into my spreadsheets. And you could sit there at your own space and just light a candle, have Phyllis sitting next to you, and just like vibe. vibe I love into that my stuff, man. Yes, yes. It's, it's I love wonderful it. for my Type A personality. Yeah, me too. I'm pretty type a i hate admitting that i am but i absolutely am i wasn't always like that and now really? I'm, yeah now i'm very <laughs> um I'm, I'm very particular about that kind of stuff and how it all looks i'm in my very house particular <laughs> i i have the way i like things to be done yeah and i expect people like people in nashville treat their jobs like or treat their music like a job and yeah. some people don't, and you can see that's why they're maybe not having as much success as other people. But yeah, if you show up late to your gigs or you don't yada, 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 like there's people who are doing these things and that's why it's happening. But I like to keep track of all that and giving somebody a thumbs up or whatever is seeing, oh. seeing those numbers and those spreadsheets live and breathe with one another. Oh, yes. It's the best. It tickles that. <laughs> Oh, it tickles yes, that thing. That spot in your brain. It tickles that's like, that spot yes! in my brain that like, I don't dread looking at my calendar. No, me I either. love scrolling through it and being like, and there's an opening. Whoop, there we, and this is, ugh, 
Oh, it's so satisfying. To it's just, so yeah. satisfying. I love it. And it's like a big puzzle figuring out who can I put in together that's mm-hmm. going to want to hang out tonight or who do I want to hang out with or has Rachel seen Brandon Ellis lately? Should I book them on the same yes. night? Yes. Like, oh, that's the best. I know I so it. much of my job is getting my friends together. It's yeah, not even for I've me. noticed that. It's not even for me. It's because yeah. my friends, we're all busy. Yeah. We're all doing the music, playing the shows, being on tour, recording albums and everything it's hard to schedule time it's, to get together yes and, and i love when you put me on around with friends too because a lot of times i've written with them right mm-hmm. so we can do the songs we've written together i'm about to text brandon after this too because he's playing for me in our round on thursday awesome yeah so i was gonna ask him because one of our songs um that i it's a given because it was on my ep will play but there's another one that we wrote um that I haven't played since Ooh. our basement show last oh, wow. May. And I was I was going to ask him if he's called. What's to play it called? That. Options. Do you remember that? I, think I don't know I if do. you remember it. We played it during his set, I think, and we just like jammed oh, on I it. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, I think we, we should I think do I have that. footage of that on my GoPro. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Oh, I need to see that. But um, yeah, I love that dude, man. I'm, I love when I get to play with I will him sing the praises around. of Brandon Ellis forever. He's the freaking best he's so talented and that's one reason that nashville's awesome is it really does get the best of the best yes and we all just get it's sure we're competing but yeah we were happy for our friends when they get stuff that's exactly yes that's it that's what i think separates this town too in the industry all from all the industry cities everyone's trying for the exact same thing but everyone's so supportive of one another if someone I, gets a pub deal, we're not upset that they got signed. We're at Red Door celebrating. Yeah, with we're them. at Red Door That's celebrating. That's what we're doing. <laughs> like it's like I've done that when Autumn Bicey, she got her pub right. deal. Um, Sarah Jones, I was at. I think it Let's was go Losers. Party. Oh yeah, like I was. I was at both of their parties for that. Because man, like it's you want to celebrate your friends who you work with. That is so essential too. Like at least for me, for like my mental state when I'm. Um, you know, pursuing my career. It just, it inspires me. It's part of the community or the culture of Nashville. Yes. Like it's just, oh, it's so true. Celebrating our friends. Yeah. And that's another thing when I went on that Instagram rant, um, one of the things in that TikTok was like, oh, like, oh, what did he say? It was like, he, he was talking smack on, um, on music row and like getting in rooms and, and music row and, writing songs a certain way. It's just like, you know what? Like I have friends who write on music row and And they're awesome. They make a lot more money than I do. They meet a lot more people than I do. And they inspire the shit out of me. And you know what? Because you're friends with them. They may someday tell their publisher, Hey, you need, you need to hear this song that Rachel wrote. Oh, I mean, yeah, you never. Well, that happens. Yeah. And that's, that's something I never expect either. Right. But it's just like, I've, and I've, I've had friends who've done that because they're like, Hey, I need to send my catalog into so-and-so. Are you cool if I add this and this? And I'm like, yep. Why don't ever ask me that again? Like, Like, yes. It's that's happened to me one time where Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine and I co-wrote a song. I never thought twice about it after we wrote it, but Mm -hmm. she pitched it at uh, smack. Stop. And I was like, awesome. Thanks. I, I never, wow. even, I never even thought about it again, uh-huh. but it's like, yeah, you never know who's going to get a deal and then may like that song. And someone may ask, do you have a song about X, Y, and Z? And mm-hmm. they're like, actually, yes. Oh, that is just the best. It's cool. I love it. And yeah. all to say, circling completely back, it all happens here. 
It all happened. That doesn't happen anywhere else. No, because it's it's all the every man for himself mm-hmm. situation in a lot of other places, and I don't know. I just I I always I love uplifting my friends and rooting for them, and because they do the same for me. We're all cheerleaders for one another, and that's. And I huge. think that TikTok is just a good example of what not to do. <laughs> if you start sounding angry with the industry. Yeah, it's it's probably a reflection of your anger with something that's going on in your life, and it's like, just because you don't like it doesn't mean you get to shit on it. No, for sure, because like in that case, I'm just like, go somewhere else, bro. Go somewhere else. Like if it's you just like, if you hate Nashville, go try L.A. Uh, yeah, go try something else. Go so, yeah, and I I just you know, and that's another thing too. It's just like I. The bitterness is never something I never true like understood. I have to fight that. Yeah, I mean, oh, we it's all. It's hard not to get bitter. We all get there. We all get there and experience that feeling. But like, it's just you realize that there's no utility in just sitting there and 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 being bitter and mad at the industry, and realize that everyone like, and that's another big thing too. Comparison, like one of my favorite sayings, is comparison is mm-hmm. the thief of joy. And it is because like you sit there and social media is hard because you'll see like this person, you know, got to open for so and so. What am I doing with my life? This Why didn't person, I get this? Yeah, it's just all that. But it's, you can't think like that because everyone has their own path. And like I've especially fallen victim to it a lot just because I've I've went to pop. And pop isn't as big in this town. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger it like is. every day, which I love, 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 love that so much. And I think it's partly because we have artists like Marin Morris and Kelsey Ballerini who are doing that. Paving that way. K- Casey Musgraves. Oh, absolutely. She was hanging, like, and she even, like, in the pop culture world, like, she wins her Grammy and she's hanging out with the Kardashians yep. and everything. It's just, like, that's so cool. And, like, and you, yeah, you, like, I just have to remind myself, like, I have a very different path than a lot of my friends in the country music mm-hmm. industry um, and even my friends in the pop industry. Like I, I have a different path than everybody and that is okay. And it's okay. Yeah. Like I love my job. I love getting to do what I do. I love my bosses. I love my, my band. Like it's just, I'm, I, you know, I, those things I'm just so thankful for. And I'm like, it's going to happen when it's going to happen and the way that it needs to. What a wonderful way to... I'm not even going to try to respond to that. Let's close on that. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Rachel, that was amazing. Thank you. Can you... Gosh, I'm just... (laughs) I've thought a lot about that. It's just like, (laughs) you know... Experiencing joy and being grateful for the things we do have. Yes. And the, the last thing I'll say on that is so many people get caught up in seeing these singing shows or the people who skyrocket mm-hmm. to stardom. Sure. Sure, that happens, but watching a, a documentary, if you're watching a documentary about your favorite band, mm-hmm. the best part is the two hours leading up to the stadium. I know. Watching the story happen. You yes. know what's not riveting documentary storytelling? You got TikTok famous and now you're famous. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's definitely a, a pathway for people. It does people. happen. It does. And that's that's another thing, too. Like, it's like, hey, if you're not getting the TikTok views, it's okay. Because mm-hmm. guess what? You're going to get the views from something else. We don't yep. know what it is yet. But, like, that's what you have to think about, right? Like, everything happens for a reason. Yep. Not everybody's religious. I am. I, I just think, like, God has that plan for me. And I'm going to keep doing me. I have to work hard and work intentionally. But 
if I'm not getting the views I want, that's okay. If I'm not getting playlists on every song or any songs at all, that's cool. Because we're all just one song away. That's exactly it. We're one song away. It's it's never, it's, you know, it's when you least expect it sort of thing. Like, I don't think anyone who has gotten TikTok fame expected it. Right. It just happens. It just happens. And they just put out some video that goes viral and you're like, what? Like that's. And the next thing you know, you're putting the single out and then it's charting and then you're like, what, what the fuck? You're like, it's happening. For sure. This thing is happening. Yeah. It's, it's all such a surprise. And that's why like, just enjoy life. Like have fun. Like keep doing what you're doing. Work intentionally. Don't just be like, it's going to happen for me. So I'm going to be losing. Like you can't do that. Don't be bitter. Yeah. And don't be bitter. Like just, it's going to happen. Like I've just seen it way too many times to like not believe that anymore. If you become a jaded musician, people start not wanting to hang out with that. Don't put bad vibes out. And that's period. Because Period. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's so true, dude. Like, it's the bitterness. Like, And this town, although very kind and accepting, your reputation matters a lot. Really, 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 really a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like you have to be like. You can get a bad rep real fast. So fast. And it's like, but it's not, it's not hard to be like, to have a good one, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just like, people pick up on the bitterness and they're like, man, I can't, I can't hang. Because it's just. You know, it can drag people down and, and just, that's not, just, that's just not a vibe. Well, then we'll leave it with the, uh, just be nice. Just be nice. Just be nice. Yes. Rachel, can you tell us where we can find you on the internet? Give us your plugs. Tell I got us where you. we can link up on the interwebs. I love it. Yes. So, um, you can find me at Rachel Horder, R-A-C-H-E-L-H-O-R-T-E-R, um, on everything. And yeah, rachelhorder.com. That's where all my shows are posted. That's where all, you know, updates are. I just launched my new website. Hey. Shout out Gabe Atwood, Kimberly Atwood's husband. Nice. Just did my website and it looks so bomb. So um, join my mailing list for that. And um, yeah, and, and all that fun stuff. I am currently thinking that my next project is almost ready to go. I have an awesome group of songs Teaser. I'm really excited about. I know, I know. Um, so once that gets close, I can start, you know, announcing some things, but um, just going to keep working through the summer and, and figure that out. So if you want to stick around for all that stuff, but that's in where the you meantime, can find me. go watch her on Broadway. Yes, I'm on Broadway. Come look me up. If you're in town, I live there pretty much. That's <laughs> that's my day job. So and if you guys are listening from out of town or even in town and haven't met the fabulous Aaron, <laughs> please come to a Nashville tour stop. It is one of my favorite show nights Aww. and one of the most successful show nights in Nashville. Well thank you. Like one of the best. We so, try. Yes. <laughs> go meet him. Go meet the people. It's I'll be nice. Amazing. He's always nice. <laughs> Aaron, I don't think Aaron has a mean bone in his body. I've never seen him be uh, mean in my I've life. I've got one. Are you capable of yelling? I don't feel like you're like capable of like yelling or feeling I'm anger just, ever. I mean, it's just because who? What, it's harder to be mean. <laughs> it is harder to be. I have mean. to think like what nasty thing could I say? No, I, I yeah. feel like I have to sit and think like how do I be mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know how. No, you're you're way too nice. But anyway, it's just look be up nice. Nashville tour stop. It's the freaking best. Well, in the meantime, go check out Rachel online. You can follow her at Rachel Horder and at rachelhorder.com. But follow us at Nashville Tour Stop on your social media platforms. Again, you can find us on the web at nashvilletourstop.com where we have our show schedule, uh, oftentimes including Rachel Horder. Yay! (laughs) 
Well, Rachel, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Anything thank else you. you want to tell folks? How about a random Nashville tip? It doesn't even have to be music related. Random tip. A random Nashville tip. Oh, I love this. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, love I panic this. whenever I think about it, but I always tell people not to eat at the East Nashville Taco Bell. Oh, no. Okay. It's you're so going to have to tell me that story. I've, because, because I haven't. So I'm glad I, you said something. I mean, I used to live in East Nashville, so I'd mm-hmm. go to the East Nashville Taco Bell sometimes after shows. Mm-hmm. And you go through the drive thru and you're like, hi, can I get a crunch wrap and a cinnamon twist? And they're like, yeah, so we're out of tortillas and cheese and steak and chicken oh God. and lettuce. I'm like, that's that's like every that's so everything you have. So can I have, have some air? Like, what do you have? And they're like, yes, yeah, so we have like refried beans and Baja <laughs> Blast. And I'm like, no. Sure, oh give me God. two cups, one yeah. full of refried beans <laughs> and one full of Baja Blast. Yeah. So don't go to the East Nashville Taco Bell. I refried beans too because they don't have cheese to put on top of it. <laughs> um, a, a Nashville tip. Oh, I think I have two. Okay. One of them is if you're visiting, I would say the best time to visit is like mid to late September because mm-hmm. it's still warm, but everybody's back to school. So it's less crowded. It's less crowded. It's so fun still. Mid to late September. Number two, if you're here and you're on Broadway and you're hungry, go to the Fifth and Broadway Food Court. Assembly Food Hall Assembly is food awesome. Hall. That's what it's called because all of the bars are tempting to eat in. However, it's sometimes a long wait to get inside of them. Mm-hmm. If you're here for CMA Fest, just forget it. You will never get in. It's you like a five-hour wait. Um, the food's good in some places, but just go to assembly food hall because it's like fast food counter service and all like local restaurants. That's what I like tell people. I'm like, are you playing downtown for during CMA fest this year? I am just my normal stuff. Just your normal yeah. Stuff. I think I'm just doing the normal. Um, yeah. Friday, I believe Sunday. this episode comes out CMA Thursday. <gasps> really? I think so. Oh my gosh. Well, happy CMA fest, everyone. Happy CMA to fest. The future. I'm in Cancun right now. Oh my gosh. Good for you for escaping. I'm, <laughs> I didn't even plan it. Like my friend's amazing. getting married. I do like CMA Fest. It's just wild. It just it's, happened. It's hard the to week drive. They chose to get married in Mexico was CMA. And I'm like, you know what? Good on your friends. Good, good time to be gone. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, friends. <laughs> I love that. Well, Rachel, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. We'll be sure to see you soon. Guys, thank you for listening to the Nashville Tour Stop podcast this week. Please remember to follow us online. You can uh, follow me if you want to see pictures of my dog on Instagram. Phyllis is asleep on the couch right now. You'll hear more about her and more episodes to come. But in the meantime, please do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville Tour Stop. Stop.